gray sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. Hello, everyone. This is Dan, your host for Rockin' All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast. We're going episode by episode through Happy Days, generally two at a time. Uh, thank you for joining me. This is, geez, this is season three, episode three. I think it's episode 23 overall. And this one, we are, where are we in this one? We are in October of 1975. We're talking the other Richie Cunningham, and Richie fights back after. Um, Four or less, more or less episodes that were um, focused on the Fonz and had the Fonz's name in three of the titles. Richie is now large and in charge again. Sort of, more or less. We'll talk about that. Uh, this one is written by Perry Grant and Dick Bensfield and directed by Jerry. I used too many low angle shots in sets with low ceilings, Paris. And uh, let me give you a little breakdown. On the episode in this one, uh, Mr. Mrs. C come back from some big sort of hardware um, party convention thing. Uh, Mrs. C is a little tipsy, doing her best uh, Lucille Ball, and Mr. C has a giant screw on his head. Take that for you know what you will, and uh, it turns out that Mr. C has met a guy named George McKinney. George and Henrietta McKitty, uh, McKinney. They have a daughter named Winnie, Winnie McKinney, and they're from Nebraska. And he's apparently the Prince of Porcelain, or the Professor of Porcelain, or something or other of Porcelain in Nebraska, and this could be a big deal, um, Mr. C meeting this guy, and um, he's arranged uh, that uh, Richie will take out Winnie uh, before they uh, before the McKinneys head back to Nebraska. Unfortunately, it's the next night, Miss uh, Richie has a date with uh, one of the Glass Twins. Him and Ralph have a date with one of the Glass Twins, so uh, through the Fonz is... Um, ideas, uh, Potsy is paid 10 bucks to pretend to be Richie and take Winnie out. And the guys, um, Ralph and Richie, go out with the Glass Twins, and, and Potsy goes out with Winnie. And um, we'll talk about where that ends up. Listen to a little bit of this. like a kiss He hit me But it didn't hurt me He couldn't stand to hear me say That I'd been with someone new And when I told him Say right off that this episode does immerse itself in sitcom town completely, and uh, apart from like hearing splish splash again and the the fashions and such, um, this really could be. And mm, we'll, we'll discuss something else. That well, yeah, yeah. Apart, yeah. Apart from the fashions, apart from splish splash, uh, apart from this, the occasional reference here and there, this could be set in the seventies. 
this is a this is a sort of wacky raucous sitcom episode with a lot of very silly things going on, a lot of very funny lines, uh, a lot of good good bits, great faces. Uh, the Fonz gets in a lot of good stuff in this one. There is one weird thing that um, I'm not sure if it's me over overdoing it, circa 2020, or. Um, but but we'll discuss we'll discuss this a little later on. It it's, it involves the date that um, fake Richie takes Winnie on. But yeah, overall, if so far, if I think the best episode of the show so far has been the Christmas episode, this might be the funniest from the opening scene with uh, Joni watching something slightly salacious on TV and Richie scaring the heck out of her to Mrs. C um, talking about the lemonade with the, is it the, there's a kick to it or a snap to it? I forget what she says. Um, and with Mrs. C with the giant screw on top of his head and uh, the, the formation of the Potsy Club and, and lots of other great gags. And like I said, a lot of great fun stuff. There is some very funny stuff in this episode. And it it's great because it goes from beginning to end. The episode cooks along at a really nice pace. And, and yeah, the opening scene in the living room after the um, the party with Mr. C talking to Richie. You know, Richie trying to weasel out of going on this date. And Mr. C eventually um, convincing him. And I think the, the way he convinces him is it's just sort of, Well, Richie, haven't I always done this for you? And haven't I always done this for you? This, this that, and the other. And uh, Joni is kind of there bringing the sass on a bit. And then at one point, I think as Mr. C says something along the lines of, um, uh, But remember that time I walked in your room and caught you? Okay, Dad. Okay. I'll do it. And of course he doesn't do it and it's the date with Potsy and Potsy is um Potsy is beginning to, to verge on the dumb Potsy here, the Potsy that we will know from later seasons. But here here the Potsy the Potsy is sort of in in between spaces right here. Um But it's it's um it's 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 a it's a really funny episode. I mean I I I think it's it's nicely done. Everyone's everyone's really giving it their all. Is very funny, and um, Henry Winkler has numerous moments where he's doing his thing, and it's look like it looks like he's going to crack up, especially at the end when something has to be apologized for, and Mister C is saying, "Okay, well, um, here's what we have to do," and you just the Fonz is like, "Nope, nope." What, what do you, what, what do you mean? Nope, you don't do that. What, what, and and just the look on <laughs> Fonzie's face, and he's trying to trying to teach Mister C and the others about women. And such is is a lot of fun. Um, I did notice that during the okay, so here here's here's what happens. Here's spoiler. Here's what happens. Um, uh, Potsy takes Winnie to Potsy, who who Winnie thinks she's Richie, takes um, him uh, takes her to Inspiration Point, and Mister C gets a call before Richie comes home from the date with her from Mister McKinney, basically saying my my daughter just came home, her dress was torn, she hitchhiked home, um, she's all you know her dress is all dirty, you know what your your boy's an animal, and Mister um, Mrs. C are absolutely shocked about this. Uh, uh, Joni isn't. Joni, there's some weird stuff in here where um uh that that she hears that story and she's like richie you're an animal you're not a boy scout you're an animal and then at the beginning there's a moment where richie is pretending to bring a gal in when the parents aren't there and Joni's pretending to sleep and he's like uh yeah Rhonda, don't make too much noise don't make my, don't wake my sister up. let's get upstairs don't wake her up she's she'd want to watch and then i thought between she want to watch at the beginning and 
Richie, you're an animal. We get a lot more in the, about Joni in this episode than I think we've got. Um, and we haven't even heard the name Jenny Piccolo yet. We do hear Richie singing, I think for the first time, Blueberry Hill. When he comes back from the date after he thinks everything's gone well, he comes back singing Blueberry Hill. And um, you, you never quite learn. He does go on the date with the Glass twins. But um, after a drive-in movie when they're at Arnold's, he says that um, he can't... Um, Relax because he's worried about a dumb thing Potsy will do, and Potsy immediately does a dumb thing. But it's it's never kind of said whether or not the the tw- date with the twins goes well. Um, you don't see them again, so uh, my thought would be it probably doesn't go that well. But I don't know. Ralph seemed really. Um, Ralph seemed like he was he was getting some smooches in and things like that. Get a little necking in, but. Uh, let's see. Let's talk. Yeah, even though the Fonz is not the star of the episode, he, um, he's really funny. For the for the first scene when he's uh, he he shows up at the table and he's talking about the Glass Twins and what Richie's going to need to do in order to go on the date and um, uh, what what is it um, uh, where there's there's a great they they use the word nerd a lot in this episode. The nerd thing is starting to ramp up and and Richie does say. Joni to sit on it at one point and the audience kind of laughs a bit I don't know that this audience is in in on the constructed um, uh, uh, catchphrase as as the other ones were but there's a great moment where um, the Fonz says to uh, you know says Potsy will um, Potsy will do this and Potsy's like well I don't want to do this uh, Fonz and Fonz says hey where is it written nerd ruins plan and then a little later, when um, Richie and uh, says he'll can, he'll give five bucks to Potsy, and Ralph will give five bucks to Potsy, and Ralph says something along the lines of, "Oh, look at that! I just rented a nerd," which I I, I think is think is a good time. Um, so yeah, and and like I said, the that opening scene with the Fonz is hilarious. The scene where the Fonz comes in, and what what happens is for some reason Potsy has brought Winnie back to Arnold's, and and Richie is trying to figure out why they did that. And they all end up calling each other Potsy and saying, oh, we all call each other Potsy. We're part of the Potsy club. And the Fonz walks in and Winnie says, um, nerd ruins plant. Um, there's some great, the Fonz does some great things. I, I like the episodes where the Fonz, um, the Fonz acts, um, I, I don't know, he, he's almost doing an, a variation of like a guardian angel. or so. I know that's going to come back to um, later on in the show. There will be a guardian angel of sorts. But I, I like these where he kind of comes in as like a hip guardian angel. You know, any kind of, you know, a variation of like, you know, um, you know Marlon Brando and say like Cary Grant and the Bishop's Wife. You know, where he comes, hey, and he comes in and he's smooth and he knows everything that he needs to know. And, and you know, he's just uh, he's just being cool. And he, he just kind of shows up, gives some advice for five, ten minutes and leaves. And I, I and he, he stays for the um, he stays for the apology at the end um, just because he wants to see he wants to see how it's going to go. And um yeah, it's, it's it's the Fonz is really great in this episode. Just watch his face; he's having a he's having a good time. I, I like that because he I think he he really thinks like he's helping this middle class wasp, you know, family um, really learn something about life. He's really teaching them something about life, and I think it's very funny, very funny. Um, all sort of uh, semblance of the you know the house and Arnold's being an actual house or an actual restaurant as opposed to sets kind of goes out the window here there's just no you know 
uh, when Mr. C's in the kitchen in that little little window space there, um, you know, uh, uh, Joni and, and Richie are on the other side of it in the living room, and the camera's like two feet away from the edge of the set, and uh, you can't quite i don't think you can quite see you don't see the lights in this one as we will in the future up in the in the top right hand corner of the set to where the um front door is um but you do see way past the point where like i've said this before you see way past the point where sort of the set ends and it's just like the top of the set like two or three feet of of you know nothing i mean if you like i think i said look at look at your wall look at the wall look up the wall to where it meets the ceiling is there a like a two foot three foot space where all of a sudden like the paint stops or the wallpaper stops or whatever and there's kind of a nondescript like gray or brown or whatever the heck it is back there no there isn't because that's the part of the set that you shouldn't be seeing and he's got this low angle thing he does especially during the scene where Richie is trying to be suave and Joni is sitting on the steps in the background and they have a camera trained on her watching and Mr. C is like, oh my God, I can't believe what's going on. And one of the cameras is kind of low angle so you can see way too much of that back corner, uh, which in some ways is charming. Um, you know, uh, I guess it's, um, uh, I, I guess in, in one respect it could be if, if they're trying to make this more like a sitcom, more like every other show, then... Um, you know why not um you know like 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 you know with like say like bob newhart's living room you know that's obviously a huge set that's you know that would be a fun apartment but that's not an apartment at all you know and and you know other other sets and sitcoms at this time are, are obviously just meant to be sets whereas this in the first two seasons these were not meant to be sets they, they were meant to look like the house and the restaurant but now they don't and um but it's still it's still fun it's 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 we're going to get to play more and more of the you know try to figure out what the heck is going on uh with jerry paris and where he's putting the camera game so it's it's a funny episode and it keeps um it keeps the 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 pitch um between like the the craziness of mr mrs c when they learn what richie did alongside the fonz just being cool the whole time alongside some other great i mean the potsy club sequence is pretty great where um Potsy's calling uh, Richie Warren, and everyone seems to be calling each other Potsy, and Winnie is confused. Like I said, the Fonz is his response. And there's a moment where, like, Richie, Potsy, and Ralph are there saying, that, Yeah, we're all call- we all call each other Potsy. Yeah, we're all Potsy. And a random guy walks by, and he goes, And Ralph goes, Hey, Potsy. And the guy just gives him this look. And it's a hilarious moment. It's a very funny moment. It's so very silly. And um, Winnie, Winnie kind of goes along with it, and. Um, you know, they rented a nerd. Uh, is I, I do like Mister C wanting to be the toilet king of Milwaukee, and there's yeah, there's it. so I, I guess we'll I guess we'll go on now to to the the actual the incident as it were because it's it's played as um it's just played as like how could Rich it's it's funny like when it's Richie, who is apparently, I don't. It's it's never said exactly what happens between Potsy and Winifred. It's it's just said that, um, you know, Potsy seemed to get a little rambunctious and and she, you know, she she tearing away from him, tore her dress and hitchhiked home, which seems to me pretty bad. Some sort of assault possibly may have gone on, but it's strange because when they think it's Richie. 
it's the worst thing in the world. And apart from Joni, who loves it. But when it's Potsy, it's kind of almost like, ah, well, it's Potsy, whatever. So he tried to assault her or whatever. It's never said. They never fully go into what exactly it is he does. I mean, obviously, you see her torn dress, and it's a, it's dirty. So something happened. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to... Um, apologize for Potsy right here. The, the, the tricky thing is that the whole episode kind of passes it over with, um, you know, the Fawn saying he has some weird things to say about women, but he is the Fawn, so I don't know. Um, but he just says, you know, um, you know, have, you know, don't, don't tell them Richie is your son. Just, just let them know. Just pretend like Potsy is your son and have Potsy apologize and say how, how much he liked being with her and he just got out of hand. And it works. It works completely. And Winifred has some faces on that I'm not too thrilled with. Um, uh, she, I guess she feels appreciated that, that Potsy did. And again, it's never explained exactly what happened. It's just they went to Inspiration Point. Presumably if they went to Inspiration Point, I, I don't... I mean, if it's a make... I guess she doesn't know what the, that it was. The, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird... It's a weird... It's, it's almost like watching an episode of something... Um, that's like a really funny episode of something or a scary episode of something um, that has like um, from like to say the the forties or, or like like watching um like watching a, a like a haunted house movie or something from the thirties or forties that has a horrifically stereotypical like African American character in it who is just like it's horribly racist and it's cringeworthy but that's the kind of junk they did back then so you, so you kind of sit there watching going I don't think I or or I'll take this how about about this since I'm Polish um, something like um, you know your Animal House ripoffs and things like that like um, I would say like King Frat. You know, in King Frat, the grossest, most grotesque, farting, uh, eating pizza on the toilet with a blow-up doll, gr- grossest guy, is very specific, is Gum- Gumbraus- Gumbrowski, is very specifically um, said to be Polish. Why? Because the stereotype is Polish people are dumb and they're dirty and all this, that, and the other. They stink. I guess they. I guess we stink. Um, and so when I watch King Fret, that's that's a little bit like, ugh, but it doesn't really bother me. Um, but then I'm, I could be an idiot there. But 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 when you watch like this this episode of Happy Days, it's like I, I'd love to know. Like, I mean, I kind of watch it and I'm feeling a little iffy on it like i laugh and i have a good time but there's something about the fact that winnie seemed to have been assaulted by this waspy middle-class boy and and no one really seems to care and it's odd and i don't know yeah i i i I don't know if you were if if this is Something. If this were the fifties, if I were in the fifties, this would be something like, "Oh, this happens all the time." Or if I were in the seventies, would be like, "Oh, this happens all the time." I was too young. Or if I was in the seventies, pretending to be in the fifties, "Oh, this happens all the time." But there is something about how the basis of the second half of the episode is Richie seems to have sexually assaulted a young woman, but because it's Potsy, it's okay. How do we get them to go away? You know. You know. And and. Um, it's 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 a little but that that might be pushing a little too much but um but that's kind of how it it is and I wish they it, it I think they they deliberately do not give you everything you need I think to figure out what is what happened there because 
if they did, it would be, I mean, because just Potsy has this dumb look on his face, like, um, yeah, it's 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 Potsy. Um, it's it's funny. I wonder if when I watch the next episode, if I'm going to be looking at Potsy in a bit of a different way. I don't know, but yeah. So so forgive me. I don't know if I'm going overboard on that, but it occurred to me as I was watching this that the first half is just like you know, kind of fibbing to a gal about who's who, and as she's going to be out of town uh, the next day, you know, end up never see her again most likely who cares but then when the little twist comes in it's sort of like oh gosh that's um that's unfortunate and it's super unfortunate because the episode is still hilarious now granted there are occasional moments where you want to punch potsy but um yeah so um it's 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 an interesting episode like i said i think i think it could be the funniest episode yet but it's also in its second half is grounded in something that I can't quite, I don't quite equate with comedy, and I'm not terribly uh, keen about. Um, they don't really make Winnie a character, which is the tricky thing, and um, you don't see the dad until the final scene, and so it's kind of like they're almost not even important. Um, it's it's sort of like what's more important is that Richie didn't do this. And that the Fonz's advice is, is correct, um, showing just how cool the Fonz is, and he is cool. Um, so I guess I'll wrap that up there. I, it's 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 a it's a funny it's a funny episode, but mm, so yeah. So I'm going to uh, let, let's do this. We're going to go to um, uh, Richie fights back, uh, which aired October fourteenth, nineteen seventy five, and. Uh, in this one, uh, we are in Arnold's and two big sort of greaser bullies um, humiliate uh, Richie. And Fonzie comes in and kind of saves saves the day, but Richie is like, he needs to learn self-defense. And he, he, um, he, he gets varying um, uh, bits of advice on how to protect and defend himself. And... Um, including Arnold teaching him some karate. But uh, let me play a blast of this, and we'll be right back to discuss Richie Fights Back. Hey, you guys. Remember when all the great rock and roll was always playing on your radio? You know, the kind of music that made your radio the best part of your car. You better believe it. One summer night, I kissed your lips. the first authentic 1950s rock and roll collection. Boy, it's better than a set of hubcaps and a lot easier to get to. And it's all here, like Leandra's in the Hearts, the Capri's, Angels, Penguins, Clyde McFadder, Belmont Token, Passion, Diamond, and the Five Sacklons, Jerry Lee Lewis, Chiffon, Shells, Dubs, Platters, and a whole lot more. Good time music, real rock and roll. You know, when I used to hang out, I never thought I'd own this many songs. But now I've got 72. 72. Uh, this this episode was written by Arthur Silver. Sorry, Arthur, I forgot to mention that previously. And um, I'd like to sort of semi-quote, because um, I don't remember the exact quote, uh, Groucho Marx, one of my favorites. I think it was from Animal Crackers. Uh, he delivers a joke, and it's a dud, and he looks at the camera and says, look, they can't all be great. you got to expect that once in a while. 
hello, Richie fights back, or Richie gets, yeah, Richie fights back. This, or this is probably, now, there's a theory going around, um, you know, well, mm, let me finish a sentence. The show started off with Richie obviously being the main character. And he's kind of a naive, innocent, um, mid-50s teen, waspy teen, getting sort of led around by friends. And then by the time he leaves the show, in my opinion, he's pretty insufferable. Um, but by time, also by the time he leaves the show, it has become a true ensemble show. Um, although the Fonz may be sort of leading it, and, and Richie's no longer sort of the lead by the time he leaves. But here he's still kind of the lead. I mean, of, of the six episodes of the season so far, this is the first one where he really is, um, sort of, it really is about him, you know, him, like, wandering after Rocco and, uh, Frankie, I think, um, uh, Joaquin, no, it's Rocco and Frankie, um, humiliate him, uh, by the pinball machine, he's like, Fonz, am I a coward? And he, he gets this look on his face with some, Ron Howard is, is being very emphatic and, and doing his best, um, but this is sort of, this is the Richie character for episodes like this that we will see pretty much until he leaves. Now, when he returns in the 11th season, all this sort of emphatic behavior will have worked to his advantage, especially when he's married and has a child and has to begin his life. But at this point, it seems like a phase he's going through um, where... You know, his best friend is kind of the Fonz at this moment, sort of Potsy and Ralph, maybe, but kind of becoming the I don't know if you quite call them that, but I, I, they definitely will become that. But there, there's something about Richie in this episode, just, just watching him sort of behave and watching him act, which um, is so very different. I mean, like, the Fonz is very different from how he was early on. But the Fonz, there's a feeling of... The more we see of the Fonz, the more this is his character. Whereas the more we... We saw a lot of Richie in the first couple seasons. And now, as we're seeing Richie, alongside, say, the Fonz and everything else, he's becoming, to me, less interesting. He's becoming... He was kind of a fun 70s character in a 50s show, naive, innocent, like I said. But now he's becoming like... Eh, he's becoming his bud from Father Knows Best, or he's becoming one of those endless 50s, early 60s, um, you know, sons, and, and just, uh, you know, you know, am I a coward, Dad? Am I, teach me how to be a man. Oh, it's a boring premise to begin with, and the episode really doesn't take off. I mean, the, the previous one has the premise of someone's going to pretend to be someone else in a date or mistaken identity sort of thing. And apart from the weird moments it goes on, it's actually really funny. It takes a premise that's as old as the hills, that's been around since the start of the sitcom, I would imagine. I imagine like Greg Gildersleeve back in 41 or 42 probably did something. So, well, maybe not. But, um, you know, the, the, like this one, like, am I a coward? Like, like bullies came after me. Big guys came after me and I, I couldn't fight and they humiliated me. Am I a cop? This, that, and the other. And, of course, the question, the, the answer at the end of the day is um, it does vary person to person. And I guess it sort of isn't very dramatic, because um, I, you know, I faced bullies when I was a kid. I was pushed around and knocked down, shoved into lockers, pushed off of snow piles, skidded across pavement on my face. 
um, uh, s- smacked into it at, at a school cookout. I was smacked into a burning grill. I had all kinds of crazy junk happened to me when I was a kid. And um, the way I got through it was not for f- not by fighting, but through just um, just being goofy and making them laugh in the end. And you could you could get like especially in high school. I, I think I've said this before. You know, you could get the bullies. Uh, well, and this isn't true for everyone. So if someone is listening to this, obviously, and going, Dan, that's so wrong. No, but but the bullies, like the big football guys and the big jocks, when I started high school, who were, who were picking on me, shoving me in lockers, pushing me over, beating me up, that kind of... Well, never beating me up in full, but um, n- not being very nice to me. Um, uh, the way I got to them in the end was just by sort of disarming them, like being in class with them and making them laugh. And, you know, it would be like, and I've said, I've said this many times before, but it would be that thing where, like, you make someone laugh. Back in high school, you would make someone laugh, and that would stick with them for years. I mean, I had one guy who I made him laugh, and, like, near the end of my soft, sophomore year, it was biology class, Mr. Van Etten. Um, I won't name names, but I made him laugh. And he, he just, he was like, for the for the rest of, like, the next two years in school, every time I saw I was rarely in class with him, but every time I saw him, he'd come up to me, and he'd, he'd mention that, and we'd laugh about it. You know, I never thought, like, he'd take a bullet for me or anything, but he wouldn't shove me around or push me around anymore. And, and so the thing with the, am I a coward sitcom trope, or, or even, like, I'm sure A's Enough did an episode like this, is that it does, it does vary by and it varies by what you could do. I mean, like um, uh, Mr. C says in here very clearly that most of the time he walked away and they would call him Fat Fat the Water Rat and things like that, but he walked away. And you know, he's got a lovely wife. He's got two lovely kids, possibly three. He lives in a nice house. He's got his hardware store. He's doing okay. He seems to enjoy his life. You know, and the Fonz, you know, and Potsy and Ralph seem to just um, what it's like a Christmas story, you know, when they describe the bully in that one, where it's like, you know, you were a bully, you were a toady, or you were one of the endless rabble, or whatever it is they, they call it. You know, Ralph and Potsy seem to be that, and Richie is rebelling against that. And the Fonz, of course, the Fonz, of course, is, is in a special place. I said he's almost a superhero. He's not a bully. He's not a toady. He's not the rabble. He is large and in charge at all times, and having a, having a good time. And so... So it's funny because you, you, it's, it's just to me, the sort of Richie thing, am I a coward, is never terribly interesting to me. And the way it's solved with him just basically acting crazy um, and scaring the bullies away is not how I'd recommend going about it. Um, these are Hollywood uh, Grease are tough guys. I mean, Frank and Rocket, one of them is Jeff Conaway, and the other one is a guy I recognize, and I'm sure you all could tell me who he is, and I'll probably see his name in the credits. But they're very greased up with their hair and the leather jackets. They basically look like um, heightened versions of the Fonz, but basically jackasses is what they look like. And um, and yeah, Richie, Richie takes care of him just by acting crazy. And, and, and there's some fun in the scene where the Fonz... Where the one guy who's not Jeff Conaway says, "So, Rich, uh, Fonzie, you going to help him out again?" And Fonzie's like, "No, you know, Richie's going to take care of it on his own." And as Richie's going to go in and fight, Richie keeps turning to Fonz and saying, "Hey, Fonz, what about that? One more thing. Just give me one moment." Which is fun, but this this is really the start of the insufferable Richie character, who we will see more and more and more and more as we go through the series. I almost feel it's like. If he had gone through this in, and he probably did, 
In season two, I mean, there was that 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 one where they're at the pool hall and the gang is going to beat them up. But it, it almost feels like because it's now a sitcom like this, all sort of any shading and any delicacy or anything like that goes by the wayside, and it's all loud and obnoxious to make people laugh as often as possible, and which is what they didn't do in season two, and sometimes in post season three this will be a liability and it's kind of a liability in here because um ron howard does his best but richie's dilemma is dull and when richie wins the fight by leaping around and being crazy it's not terribly convincing it's one of those things where he leaps around and because the bullies run out oh that's what happens but it doesn't feel like oh i'm convinced um even Henry Winkler doesn't look too well. Maybe he does. It doesn't look terribly convinced when he approaches Richie. He's more like, "Wow, those guys, who knew they'd run like a, like a bunch of chickens." Mm, well, there you go. Um, so so yeah, it's not um not a favorite episode of mine. The stuff with the Fonz is fun, but eh, Richie kind of yeah. So so let's let's go on to, let's go on to something else. And it's it's interesting too. Um, well, maybe it's not the um. I was um, I was watching. Jeez, what's the um, when monsters attack the Godzilla film with the little kid who in the little shorts, you know, as those little kids are in those Japanese movie who gets bullied and hangs out with the little girl and has a weird friend and and talks to Godzilla's son on Monster Island and sees flashbacks from other Godzilla movies. At the end of that movie, the bully comes out, threatens him, and he beats the bully up. And it's weird because to me, I was watching that as a kid. I was like, yeah, but it's weird. And I'll just say this is just an aside. Um, I read a review of the that movie recently uh, for the, the uh, Criterion Godzilla set. Where Ken Lerner was Frankie and Jeff Conaway was Rocco. Um, and, and in that set, they, they chastised the film for, well, some of the things that happened in it wouldn't, um, aren't, wouldn't be um, looked upon too kindly today, such as um, in the final scene, the main kid beating the crap out of his bully. Um, and it was weird because it, it didn't fully sort of state why that would be an issue. Um, what, what do you want them to do to a bully? You have to, you have to negotiate in a bully with some way. If you can talk to them, great. If you can make them laugh, great. If you have to punch them, you have to punch them. You know, this isn't a He-Man thing where it's like, well, I'm not going to go down to their level. No, if you're a kid, it's a terrible thing to get bullied. And and you, you, you spend every day trying to figure out how to get out of it. And hey, if you can have parents talk to them and they get them to stop, that's great. But it was it was a weird thing I just saw in this review where I was like, "You're chastising the kid." I mean, do you do the same thing with like a Christmas story when Ralphie beats up that that bully Scott Farkas at the at the you know and, and, well not at the end of the movie but near the end of the movie? Um, do you sit there going, mm, "No, that's that's so incorrect. He shouldn't have done that." And it's just sorry sometimes. Um, seeing things like that drive me up the wall. And I was thinking that with this thing, where they would have been like, maybe maybe Richie should have sat down and talked with Frankie and Rocco. Maybe he could have understood why they were doing what they were doing. F that. F that hard. It's a bully. Okay? Yeah. So, 
Uh, what else do we have in this episode? Joni. Joni is weird. It's it's weird. You see her. Uh, the, well, well, first of all, let's just say there's a great scene where they go to at Arnold's. They go to a um, jujitsu meeting with a Mr. Takahashi, who's Arnold. And he says, um, you know, do you know any Japanese guys named Arnold or something like that? He said, you know, I bought the, I bought the place and it had the name Arnold. So do you know how many letters are in Takahashi? But and he teaches everyone some jujitsu, which basically means he he does that thing where someone rushes up to you and you grab their arm and you flip them, and that's basically the scene. Basically consists of like three minutes of um, everyone flipping everyone else, which is amusing. It was probably more amusing back in 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 the day when it originally aired. But um, uh, which which I'm sorry, did I say it was October fourteenth, nineteen seventy five? I think I did. Sorry, shutting the case there. Um, but uh, but yeah, of course, this is 75, a couple of years after Enter the Dragon, when um, uh, Bruceploitation was really kicking off, although that wasn't a, really a mainstream thing, but that was still a, still a fun thing. Um, and Arnold does the jiu-jitsu scene where basically um, Joni flips him, and he's like, oh, Joni flipped me again and again and again, oh dear. Uh, we do get to see Richie go out of the house and go up the steps to the Fonz's place, and the Fonz is making out with the gal, which is fun. Um... Surely some of the gals must get confused because they're on the Fonz's couch and like above them are just all these pictures of gals. You would think, you know, one of them might go, Fonz, or do they all know if I'm kissing the Fonz, it's only for now. Um, Fonz, he likes kissing, go figure. But so Joni, uh, what is Joni up to in this episode? Yeah, she, she's at a dance with some boy in the beginning. And then later on you see her and she's like, she's complaining because he got out of hand and she had to tell him to sit on it um, because um, she tried to, he tried to kiss her and she's like, and she goes up to her room. Then she makes fun of Richie for, um, um, because, well, we're talking about nip it in a minute, but um, yeah, because of the pinball thing. But it's weird because in the last episode, Joni was like sitting there watching a movie where like the dialogue was like, uh, you may, I think you may have the part. Uh, I think that was a great audition. Do you think I have the part? Well, join me here on this couch. And Joe is like, he's an animal. Uh, my sister might want to come up and watch. And suddenly in the next episode, she's like, he tried to kiss me. So is it like she's willing to watch everyone else make out and fool around? But if someone tries to kiss her, she's going to run? I guess maybe. I maybe, possibly. But um, that just seems a little weird to me. Like someone didn't get a memo in between episodes. So let, let's talk about the, the pinball thing. Yeah, the Fr- Frankie and Rocco made make um, Richie look at the pinball game and go bing, bing, bong, bong, bing when all everything happened because the bells aren't working. And it's hilarious. That shit's fine. The thing is, he's playing... They're playing a game called Nip It. Forgive me, I won't say that name again. And you see that name and you think, oh, this was probably... A, when did they? When did pinball games start? Because this seems like a sort of um, a post-1941 pinball game. Or maybe, or maybe it's a period pinball game, but it's not. It's from 1973. I looked it up. It came out in 1973, which is really weird that they put a 1973 pinball game in there because surely many of the people in the audience watching, the studio audience and at home watching it would have gone, um, that's not a 1958, 1959 pinball game. That's from a couple of years ago. So that's a little weird to me, and of course it's horribly, hilariously racist. So there you have it. You know, it'd be calling it like the Polak game or something like that. Um, so what else? What else in this episode? Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's not um it's not a favorite of mine. It starts off with sort of a, a premise that's not great, and then um I, I think like like I said, part of it is it's just I don't 
I don't like Richie in this episode when he's when he's whining about being a coward or he's in in the Fonz's office, the restroom in Arnold's, they're ripping up paper towels and scaring guys out of stalls. I'm not convinced. And the the scene where um he uh the the he's in the Fonz's uh, apartment above the garage or above the house or wherever the heck it's above, um the Fonz is showing him how to be like tough. Um, it's never convincing. It always feels like a joke. And then when he wins the fight in the end, that always there there are some funny moments in there, but it, it ends sort of like, eh. you know, I'm not um, I'm not uh, terribly convinced. I'm trying to see. Uh, Joni has a box of cereal in one. Oh, it's cornflakes. Yeah, it's cornflakes. Okay, and there's a kid on it, a baseball, a little league kid maybe or something. I'm not sure what that's from. 1973. Let's say I don't know, but and I'm not. Um, I don't know. Um, the crowd really seems to like Richie acting like this. I don't. Um, it's 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 too it's too it's too much to me. It's too sort of forced, too almost theatrical for me. It's it just it's not funny. It just draws attention from itself. But you know he's he's doing the best he can with the script he's got. So let me let me just make a quick run through my notes here on this because at the end of the day. You know, we start off with five solid episodes, and this one's kind of a stinker, and you're going to get that with sitcoms like this. I mean, we have, what, 24 episodes in this season? Let me look at what's next. Mm, I vaguely remember those. So we'll see what happens with the next ones. But, the, you know, sometimes they surprise me, and sometimes they don't. The moment I saw Frankie and Rocco come in and go up to the pinball machine, I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well. Uh, and uh, I do like Mrs. C when she tries to be rough. Oh, my gosh, in the restroom there is a note behind the fonds written on the wall that says please call shirley pay attention watch this space what else um oh oh um here okay final thing and we will wrap up this episode i think part of the goofiness of this episode is that if it had been back in the first season it might have worked the problem now is and this will grow as the series goes on but the fonds is always behind richie so he saves Richie from the pinball bing bong bong dong bong thing. And you know that if the fight with Frankie gets out of hand, you know that the Fonz is going to step in there. The Fonz has, has a great moment where he's talking to Richie about fighting. And he says, in all the times you know me, Richie, have you ever seen me throw a punch? Have you ever seen me get in a fight? And Richie says, no. He says, exactly. That's how, that's how you're tough you, when you don't have to throw a punch. And um, it's 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 weird because at this point the Fonz is funnier than Richie and more fun to watch than Richie. Richie is is in sort of an exaggerated, almost pantomime version of his character from the first two seasons, whereas the Fonz is just becoming like cooler and cooler. And and there, there's just something too where why is Richie? I mean. Richie has to imagine that the Fonz is going to be there all his life, but the Fonz is there right now. You know, so all I can think of is um, in in this with the coward and and you know how do I? I'm going to fight. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be tough. All I can think of is um, Jimmy Olsen, Superman's best friend. No matter what Jimmy got into, Superman always showed up and saved him because he was his friend, and that's the way the Fonz. Uh, looks. To, I mean, like like the kind of pat the Fonz gives him after everything is done, sort of like, okay, you've learned something or other, you know. And and you know, the Fonz is teaching Richie. He's teaching him things. Now, now, granted, um, how many times, you know, in Richie's life is he going to run up against a bunch of, uh, you know, 
greasers, uh, you know, bikers. Probably from this point on, not that often, but it will happen. There's just it's it's funny because it it ends up these end up this ends up being a silly plot line to me because it's one thing to do a date thing, but to do something where two like guys who are so scared of the Fonz want to fight Richie when the Fonz is right there, um, to me seems silly. It seems like kind of a wasted point. I mean, yes, I guess the Fonz is. I mean, it's almost, I hate to say it, but you see Arnold there and you almost think like a Mr. Miyagi thing. He's, you know, he's teaching Richie a lesson, but the Fonz is never going to um, allow Richie to get beat up. That's the thing at the end of the day. So it almost feels like a, he's teaching a lesson that it would be better off if he wasn't there, if the Fonz wasn't there. I don't know. It just it just feels like uh, it feels it feels redundant to me because the Fonz can walk in and say knock it off and Frankie and Rocco will leave. I don't even know why Frankie and Rocco came back after the Fonz chased him out of there the first time, but they did. Who knows? No, knowing full well that the Fonz was probably going to be there and whoop their butts again. So yeah, it's a it's a strange episode that I, I don't find very satisfying. Um, it has its moments certainly, but mostly to me it's it's a dud. So uh, yeah, that is that is the episode here, folks. So, sorry if I got too negative on that last one, but I was just trying to work through sort of my thoughts on like even even at the end of it when Richie is still being like this tough guy to his girlfriend. It's just like it's not convincing. It's really not convincing. And I don't think it would have been convincing when I saw it when I was like five years old. I wouldn't have been convinced, or maybe I would have. I don't know. I don't find it convincing now. Though, and I don't find it particularly funny either. Is is the problem? So so that was that was that and. And um, yeah, my, my name's Dan. Uh, you can you can email me Danny D A N N Y Slacks S L A C K S at yahoo.com. You can leave a message over on uh, eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com at esupertrain one. Eventually, Supertrain is my short-lived TV show podcast. We do not cover happy days on that, but we did cover Joni loves Chachi. Uh, yeah. So the next episode, I'm cracking it open again. Our Jailhouse Rock and Howard's 45th Fiasco, which round out October of 1975. Hmm. We'll see how those go. I bet they're um, more fun than Richie fights back. And poor Mr. C, he just can't catch a break. You know, he was a little chubby, and uh, Richie strangles him, and then his wife strangles him. And she has a big smile on her face, and yeah, what are you going to do? So the Fonz is great in both of these episodes though so i guess maybe keep your eye on the fonz i think that the show is changing and evolving as it goes along here and becomes more and more popular and they're just trying to figure out sort of where everything fits so um yeah let's let's see where we go next everyone thank you so much for listening that was a rock and roll week with you a happy days podcast listen to this monday monday happy days Sky, hello blue, there's nothing can hold me when I hold